chapter 7. It's pretty amazing. My Bible just sort of opens up to it at this point. Second Chronicles chapter 7. And I want to I want to talk to you a little about a little bit this morning about humbling ourselves. And what does that actually mean? And I just I've got so many verses here I've written down and and want to want to read to you. Father, we ask today in the name of Jesus that that you would do it here, Father God. Lord, when I think of the hundreds of thousands, even the millions of young people living in Chicago that have, they've never seen a revival. They've never seen an outpouring of your Spirit. God, I pray for this generation that you would have mercy, God. Lord, we ask that you would pour out your Spirit here. That you would revive your work, Father God, in this generation. Lord, I ask that you would begin in us. Do your work here in us, Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. And again, 2 Chronicles 7.14. We've talked about this verse quite a bit. If my people that are called by my name humble themselves, who can tell me what part of speech humble is? It's a verb. Do you realize that every single one of these words is a verb? Humble themselves. Pray. What is pray? It's a verb. It's something that you do. What's the next one? Seek my face. Has anybody ever sought after something? If I'm seeking something, what am I... Is that a passive thing or is that an active thing? Come on, that's, this is very basic. It's active. To seek God is an active thing. It's not a passive thing. How many of you are waiting for God to come and reveal himself to you? It doesn't work that way. And then what's the last one? Turn. Turn from our wicked ways. If I'm turning, I'm active. These are all verbs, church. You know, in in the book of James, let's just turn there. You guys have all seen the one in in Chronicles. Go to the book of James real quick. I want to show you something this morning. You here today? Is there any signs of life out there? You're about as quiet as a bunch of Presbyterians or something. James chapter 4, we're going to just read two verses. Look at verse 6. He gives more grace. Therefore it said, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. What part of speech is that? That's a noun. And yet it is an adjective in the sense that it is describing what kind of person. But it's used as a noun, the humble. This is something that you are. But look with me down at verse 10 of James chapter 4. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will exalt you. There's the humble, and what else is there? Humble yourself. What's that? That's a verb. That's something you do. 
Now, I, I really think in, in trying to, to help you to really see what humility is, sometimes I, I've read an awful lot of the, the old school guys. They like to show you what it's not. And I really think that if we look at the word pride for just a minute, and we see how pride works and what pride does, when we then look at humility or being humble or humbling ourselves, it's going to be a little easier for us. So let me, let me just have you take a minute and, and understand pride. Because these two words, humility and pride, are always sort of in juxtaposition. And you'll see them used against, if you will, even each other. Look at what it says again in verse 6 of James chapter 4. He gives more grace, and therefore it says, the Bible says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. These two are in comparison. There is one that is called the proud. Now let's talk about the proud for just a minute. The proud person basically is claiming that their right, their position is right. Their thinking is right. God says, this is what we should be doing. What does the proud say? That's not my position. I don't want it. God says that we should humble ourselves. What does the proud person say? I don't need to. I'm fine. All through Scripture, we're going to find that the real essence of sin is you choosing your way and rejecting God's. In essence, that's what sin is. It's selfishness. That's not what I want. Right now in America, there's no question in my mind, the promise of God that He would come and pour out His Spirit on our land is as accurate today as it has ever been in all of our history. But you know what the average Christian in the average church thinks? I'm okay. We're okay. The situation that we're in doesn't really require me humbling myself. We have the truth. We know what we believe. Are you kidding? We're the charismatic, full gospel people. Hallelujah! And yet in the midst of it, a generation of young people have grown up with no visible Christian witness in our city. And the, the really grievous thing is, it's still that way now. What is it going to take for us to recognize that what is at stake is the glory of God? And what is at stake is an entire generation of young people. You know, I don't want to blow your minds too much this morning. I'm crazy enough to believe that we should be having crowds of 100,000 people out there in Soldier Field's parking lot. Can you imagine uh, in a Muslim country where the guy holds a crusade in an airport because he's trying to find a place big enough where there's enough concrete where you can just simply get a crowd and then, then they come? What's happened in our thinking? Well... I don't know that we're biblical in our thinking. The proud basically is stubborn. If I'm proud, am I going to change or am I set in my ways? 
know what the problem with America is right now? We are set in our ways. And we think we don't need to change. We don't need to think any differently. We don't need to pray any differently. Maybe we'll pray more for prosperity or some blessing to come into our lives. And yet the real blessing is when God pours out his spirit on an entire generation. Somebody say amen, because it really is the case. Now here, I just want you to see pride at work. Write these down. I'm going to give you three or four things here I want you to really think about. Pride at work. Number one, God says something, because he has in his word. Number one, God says something. This is pride at work. Number two, we disagree. What would the humble say? See, they would agree with what God has said. Do you think it looks strange to God that he's invested everything he has so far in America and this is the state of our nation at this point in time? Does that look strange to you? Three of the greatest revivals in the last 300 years have taken place on our soil. And look at the condition of our nation right now. That's because we accept it and tolerate it. And even somehow, I guess, are trying to prosper in the midst of it. When what it's going to take is for us to agree with God that we need to humble ourselves. So if I ask this morning, how many know they need to humble themselves? See, humble themselves is something you do. It's not something you believe in. Humbling yourself means I'm going to agree with God and what God has said and what God wants. And the desires in God's heart are going to be the desires I have. Who do you think wants to see this generation of young people touched more? You or God? See, when we begin to value what God values, we will humble ourselves and agree. Let me just get these out to you. Number one, God says something. Number two, the proud will disagree with it. And then you know what we do, number three? We justify ourselves. This is how pride works. We know God has revealed something, but we don't like it. What do you mean, humble myself and pray? Are you kidding? We're busy. I'm too busy to pray. Seek His face, turn from my wicked ways? No! I want to live my life my way, and I want to have fun, and I want to do my thing. Well, in the meantime, a generation comes and goes. And, and actually, our generation comes and goes. I don't know about you. I'm not satisfied with what's happening right now in Chicago. I'm not satisfied with what's happening right now in our church. I'm not satisfied right now with what's happening even in my life. I want more of God, more of His ways. I know that for me, as the pastor of this church, I have one or two options. I can humble myself, or I can just say in, in pride, we're okay. We love the Lord. We don't need to change anything. We don't need to do anything. Can I say that we must change? We must see God do something supernatural in our generation. 
And I mean, you might have to get stirred up a little bit to realize that what's happening right now is not acceptable. You know what has touched off a whole rash of prayer meetings recently in Korea? These suicides among movie stars. Here's the, I guess they've had six of them this, this year. Incredible, beautiful, rich, young people murdering themselves, killing themselves, suiciding themselves. It's amazing when the Inuit Eskimos, we haven't got to see that yet on, on transform, the Transformations video. You know when they began to pray, the Eskimos, when the teen suicide attempt rate was approaching 60%. All of a sudden, the people began to pray. And it started in the church. Something's wrong here. When your young people are killing themselves, something's wrong. Something's got to change. Well, you know what had to change? The way the church prayed. And the way the church thought. And the way the church lived. We have to go from Sunday morning Christianity to the lifestyle of Christianity that is being lived in all these regions where the Spirit of God is moving in incredible power. Oh, well, it's okay. I'll I'll relegate my prayer life to maybe one time, you know, a week or one time a month I'm going to go to a prayer meeting. Let me ask you, how's that working? Functionally in our homes, how's it working your current level of going after God and seeking God? See, the proud says, I'm okay. It's okay. This world, it's just fine. We're gonna, we're gonna do well in it. I've got it under control. Can I tell you right now in America, we're not under control. But worse, Chicago. I mean, my gosh, when the, when the mayor gets elected in Warsaw, Poland, with a campaign slogan, I won't let Warsaw become like Chicago, we're in trouble. The whole world looks at our city. I remember when Miami, we used to fly in and out of Miami, we were going to the Caribbean. There was a while there where the State Department used to have a, a um, notice, a disclaimer, that if you fly into Miami, you're taking your life into your own hands. Is that, is that okay? Is that just the way life is? You see, the way it was doesn't mean that that's the way it has to be. Or the way it is doesn't mean that's the way it has to be. It's what we're accepting as a church. It's what we're permitting, what we're allowing. That word, loose, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. The word really means permit. What are the, what's the church going to stop and what's the church going to go after or allow or permit to happen? Think of the incredible authority we have. It's not just that God said it back in Second Chronicles Chapter 7, if my people called by my name will begin to do these things, Jesus comes along and says, whatever you, the disciples, my followers, will stop is going to be stopped, and whatever you permit or allow is going to be allowed. 
the very force of God and the very power of God is behind His church. But the question is, what is the church accepting as normal? What is the church accepting as, well, this is just the way it is. I live in a hard city. It's tough. My neighborhood's tough. How many of you know God could sweep in and just completely change everything in one generation? Well, here's the deal, guys, and this has just hit me between the eyes. He's doing it right now in front of our faces all around the world. But it's an amazing thing. They have humbled themselves. They have humbled themselves so much that they're actually praying as a people because they know if we don't have God, we don't have anything. All we have is more of the same. Same Same-o, same-o. How's it going? Same-o, same-o. Well, how about let's change it in Jesus' name? How about something different? Is that a word, diffo, diffo? Never mind, I'm, I won't rap for you today. Yeah, I love you too much. But can I say to you, we need something very different. What's normal here in America is because of the pride in the church, because of the division in the church, because we don't really love our brothers and sisters, we fight for church people, for goodness sakes, from a leadership perspective. How pathetic when there's the world at stake. Amen? Well, if that's how pride works, it's where we disagree with God. Let me me just be as candid as I can. Do you know why people practice homosexuality and go to church? Because of their pride. God said, this is sin. What does the homosexual say? No, it's not. It's not that bad. I enjoy my lifestyle. Who the heck are you to tell me to repent? The reason we stay, it's amazing. There's entire denominations now that actually meet, and they will worship the God who's the God of love, and it's their own creation of God. It's not the God of the Bible that demands holiness and repentance. It's the God we've created in our own minds. And we say, well, God loves us so much. He would never expect us to actually live a holy, godly life. Do you know what you need to do? Repent of your pride. Because you're clean to your position. And in so doing, you're rejecting what God has said. See, God has spoken. God has said, this is what I will do. And if my people will just do this, then this is how I'll respond. And what are we saying practically, really? Well, I'm going to just stay the way I am. My lifestyle is sufficient. It's okay for me to be a Sunday Christian. And every now and then I'll think about God. Maybe I'll fire off a minute or two prayer to God in the course of a day or a course of a situation. Can I say to you, America is at stake right now. A whole generation of young people. When Ron Luce first started Teen Mania and would do these surveys back in the early 80s, upwards of 60% of all youth that came to his um, crusades had gone to a youth group, had some kind of a church affiliation. And you guys have heard me use this statistic before. Now, when they just did their last one, what percentage of American youth have ever even been inside of a church building right now in America? Less than four. 
In one generation, we've gone from 60% that had been in a church building and had some kind of affiliation with church to now where less than 4% of the youth in America have ever even been into a church building. What's happened in one generation? Well, we're okay. We've got better methods. And, you know, no, the reality is we're not okay, guys. It's not okay what's going on right now. But you know what the prescription is from God, from the Word of God? We need to humble ourselves. We need to agree with God that it's us that need to humble ourselves. And again, let me just give you humility, what, what this is really meaning. Humility is when you agree with what God has said. You agree with it and you act on it. Instead of justifying yourself, what do you do? You clean yourself, you repent, you change. Can I say right now what's at stake? Are we going to change? Are you going to change? Am I going to change? God Almighty has promised that He would hear us from heaven, forgive us of our sin. He would heal our land. You know what I'm looking at when I see this video? A land being healed. A generation being reclaimed. Tens of thousands of people at a given time in different places around the world where the church has humbled themselves and prayed and let the walls down and gotten the division out of their hearts. When we actually love one another. You guys remember that hilarious story in church history when John, the last living apostle, was continually asked, Brother John, do you have a word? John would stand up and say, yes, I have a word. Love one another. After a while, I don't know who it was, Timothy or Clement or whoever it was, the, the leader of the group at that time, says, John, every time we ask you to stand up, all you do is say the same thing, love one another. Don't you have anything else for us? What did John say? When you do that, I'll tell you something else. When you love one another, then I'll give you another revelation. But until then, I'm going to tell you the same thing week after week after week. I wonder what God honestly thinks when he looks at the church in America and we're just accepting a generation lost and saying, well, that's just the way it is. No, that's pride. That's not the way it is. If we change, God would move in this nation. If we change, God would move in this church. If we change, if we would begin to go after God even more, I don't know, wholeheartedly, with real purity in our hearts to see a move of God. All I can do, this, this, I've got, a, again, another one, a transformations video I want to show you here in the next few weeks, just a small clip of what took place in California. Let me ask you, who believes that God could actually move in California? Of all places. I mean, it'd be bad enough to see it happen maybe in Texas or something, but California. It's amazing. You guess what happened? Some, some leaders decided we need to repent because our city's been lost long enough. And they did something crazy. You know what they did? They started praying together. And what do you think God did when some leaders started praying together? 
Well, what did he say he would do? He said he would pour out his spirit. He said he'd forgive us. He'd heal us of our, or forgive us of our sin. He'd heal our land. Gosh, guys, I just have a vision of God doing something awesome in Chicago. I have a vision of God doing something awesome in our lives. And when I see that, I, I, my vision is being fulfilled, what, what God has shown me. And I'll tell you, Hogan and I had an interesting conversation one time. He said, you know, Steve, all the easy places have been won. Listen to this. The hard ones are left. And you know what it's going to take? Prayer and fasting. Like, oh, man, don't tell me that. Anything but that. Those four-letter words. Pray. Obey. Fast. Ooh. How about just church services on a Sunday? That'll do it. That'll change the world. Maybe an hour or two here and there, God. Don't ask us to really go after you. And yet all around the world right now, guys, I'm telling you, we got to get in on this. We got to have it happen here in Chicago. I can't live at night knowing or sleep at night knowing that right now around the globe he's pouring out his spirit and it's not happening here. Something's wrong. Something's wrong in America where we've gotten so selfish we just say, well, I'm okay, I'm blessed, my family's blessed, my bills are paid, ooh, hallelujah. And a generation is lost. Oh, but I'm okay. No, you're not. And it is your pride that will keep you from humbling yourself Man, if you read these verses on humility, these are just amazing. Just one after another after another. All God can do is say, this is the life I'm going to bless. And it's the one that will humble themselves. All you got to do is agree with God. Would you agree with God? How about for your marriage? How many of you are believing your husband or wife would really get rocked for God I don't mean it in, in, the, in the intellectual, I believe that kind of, I believe it's possible. So much so that it's causing you to pray. I mean with some tenacity and some faith. And believe that this is what God really wants to do. See, the issue is what have you set your heart in agreement with? CNN, Fox News, or the Word of God? And what God has spoken over every one of us. That's the real issue, church. Father, we just ask in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would do whatever needs to be done here in America, here in us, in our hearts, in this church, Father God. We want to be part, Lord, of what you're doing in the world today. Oh God, when we, when we see the incredible things happening around the world, all we can say, God, is Lord, come and do it here. Come and do it here in us. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would work a humility so much so that we would begin to agree with all of our hearts with what you've spoken, what your desire is. Lord, in your word, you said that as surely as you live, the whole world would be filled with the glory of God, with the knowledge, 
of the glory of the Lord. As the waters cover the sea, so your glory would cover the face of the earth. And God, we rejoice at what's happening right now all over the world and in different parts of the world, Father God. Lord, my prayer this morning is that you would not forget us. That you would come and pour out your Spirit here in Chicago, in the Midwest. God, we ask in the name of Jesus that you would come here and do something awesome, Father God. Oh, Holy Spirit, God, I pray that you would show every one of us how to humble ourselves, how to agree with you, Father God. Lord, that we would begin, Lord, not to live in pride, not to live in selfishness, but to live for your glory. Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, God, I ask that you would revive us at this church that you would make us a catalyst, Father God. Lord, use us. Father, that is our prayer today, that you would just simply use us, God, to reveal your glory in this generation. Oh, Holy Spirit, God, we look to you today. I pray you'd strengthen us this day to live for your glory. In the name of Jesus. You know, before we go today, I want to ask if there's anyone here that is...